the Dating While Adulting podcast, the greatest podcast ever made, if we may say so ourselves. Go to datingwhileadulting.com for access to everything related to the podcast. That's our Twitter, our YouTube, blog, information about the hosts, etc. So with all that being said, let's get to the conversation. What's up, decent people? I am one of your hosts. I am Michael Thomas. How are you this evening or this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this and when I'm recording this, who cares when it, what it is when I'm recording this? Anyway, I hope everybody's doing well and all that good stuff. Let me just jump right into this because, just because. All right, check this out. What inspired me, what inspired today's episode was Jamie Lee Curtis of all people. And for those of you that don't know, because I always have to explain who these people are when I bring them up. Because I make a lot of obscure references. Let's just be frank frank about it. Anyway, Jamie Lee, or I wonder if she just goes by Jamie. I guess it really doesn't matter. I'll just go with Jamie instead of Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee, I don't know. Anyway, Jamie, she's an actress, known most famously, most famously, at least to me, for being Michael Myers' oldest sister in the original Halloween movie. I think that, well, she was in other movies. I think she was in other Halloween movies, but the rest of the Halloween movies really don't matter because they weren't as good. The original and maybe part two, the second one, those were the only two that really mattered. And then they started getting all weird like they do with these scary movies and stuff like that. Like the Jason movies, which Jason went to space and all that stuff. And Freddy Krueger wound up fighting Godzilla, whatever it was. So, you know, when you get into those horror flicks, you just have to take them with a grain of salt after the first couple. That's if they make it to the first couple. Anyway, the first Halloween was the truth. I think Jamie Lee Curtis got killed in the second one, if I'm not mistaken. And then she wound up coming back back in one of the reboots as an older woman anyway that's neither here nor there it was just ridiculous but with all of that said she also used to be a sex symbol back in her day and now she's 63 so i guess the whole sex symbol thing is out of the window now and that's not to say that you can't be a sex symbol at 63 even though that's kind of what i just said but no disrespect to all the 63 year olds a everybody's sexy in their own way Jamie Lee Curtis was like a real sex symbol back in her younger days. And then, yeah, but at 63, she really wasn't trying to be a sex symbol anymore. As a matter of fact, a few years ago, she started championing this championing, championing this whole body positivity movement, which basically is cold for embracing your fat, which is cool. And it, with her, she was embracing her fat because she was posing in campaigns where she was just wearing a bra and panties to like let her fat fly and all of that stuff, embracing her body image and stuff like that, which is cool. I mean, myself, I'm not claiming I had a perfect body by any stretch of the imagination, so I don't mean to be critical as I'm being critical. But with that said, the parts of my body that I'm not as proud of, I'm not eager to expose those to try to prove some kind of point but that's neither here nor there either she's 63 years old god bless do what you do anyway jamie lee curtis and her husband um 
who used to be on Saturday Night Live of all things. I can't remember his name and I don't care what his name is. It's irrelevant, except for the fact that he's married to Jamie Lee Curtis. But they have been married for 37 years. And while consistent listeners of this podcast know that I feel that those long-term marriages can be somewhat misleading in terms of their happiness, that is, it's still impressive that any two people can put up with each other for that long. Like me and Reggie, we're not married, obviously. We've known each other for 35 years and that motherfucker gets on my nerves every motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, that Reggie, the other co-host of this podcast. Yeah, so the point is still to say, uh, I'm sorry, I just heard a noise and I have no idea what that was, but anyway, it's irrelevant. But let me get back to the point. But I read an article about Jamie Lee Curtis and her marriage. And it was really interesting when I was reading the article because she was talking about how she struggled with the idea of love. And the reason that she was struggling with the idea of love was because in her immediate family alone, she witnessed 13 divorces. And of those 13, six of those divorces were were from her dad. And not to leave her moms out um, because her mom had four on her own. Now, mind you, her perspective was a little bit skewed, not only by saying by seeing 13 divorces in her immediate family. I don't know if the other two um, or three, because it's only 10 from her mom and dad. But I guess maybe her brother or sister. I don't know. It didn't say where the other three came from, but the point is that she wasn't accustomed to seeing conducive relationships, conducive to happiness and all of that good stuff. And then you factor in the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is the daughter of famous actor Tony Curtis and famous, famous actor Tony Curtis and famous actress Janet Lee. So. Growing up in that household, just seeing like marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce. I can imagine how I can kind of fuck with you. So I'm not knocking that hustle. And what was impressive about the article um, is that there are many of us, including myself, that are products of divorce, not necessarily to the extent that Jamie Lee Curtis is, but it does affect you. And like I said, it can skew your views of what love is and how it's supposed to look. And when you haven't seen real life examples of what love is supposed to look like, You spend a lot of time and trial and error trying to figure it out. And it can be a painful process figuring it out. Trust me, I know, as I'm imagining that most of you listening and watching this know as well. And that is if you ever figure it out, because a lot of us don't figure it out, even at the age that fits the demographic of this particular podcast. Because a lot of people out here, they don't have a clue. And It's interesting because I grew up around a lot of arguing, so I became an arguer. Arguer. I grew up around a lot of yelling, so I became a yeller. I think you get the point. And as a result of those things that I saw when I was growing up, and even though I didn't like those things, I didn't like seeing those things when they were happening, those things became a part of who who I was, at the time and as I was growing up and growing into manhood, adulthood, I should say, because I shouldn't be exclusive to men. Women have the same issues. 
But I carry that, I carry those negative characteristics into my early relationships. And it didn't help that I found myself in relationships with women that also came from the same school of relationships that I did. Not to say that there's an issue with women or anything like that, but I don't date men. So I'm talking about the women that I dated. They came from that same school that I came from. I'm sure women can point to men and talk about that same school um, that men came that men came from that they came from as well. So it is what it is. Uh, I tell you what, though, two broken people can really break some shit, by the way. But the point, but the point is that for many of us that are products of divorce, there's a process that you have to go through where you untangle all of your wiring, kind of sort it out, and then rewire it in a way that makes you conducive to giving and receiving love. And that's what Jamie Lee Curtis talked about in the article. And I say that like it's like it's also oh simple, right? Nah, it's not. It can take therapy. It can take deep soul searching. It can take just time. And it can take a lot of broken relationships over years to get all of that wiring untangled and rewired. It's unfortunate because oftentimes in trying to figure yourself out when it comes to relationships and love, it's like a graveyard where you leave a lot of broken bodies, you know, even for those people that claim to be all tough and not hurt when relationships end, everybody feels it when relationships end. So, but unfortunately, that's the process that many people have to go through when they're untangling and rewiring themselves to be the person that they need to be. And unfortunately, it takes a lot of time. I'll tell you what, I look back at my role in some of my relationships way back when, and I admit, I do some cringing. And while I was never like a horrendous person by any stretch, I know that my upbringing negatively affected my relationships. I can look back now and point to specific things in my childhood and just growing up that I carry into relationships that, yeah, led to the downfall. For example, and I mentioned in previous, I mentioned this in previous episodes, affection was like a foreign concept to me. I didn't grow up around affection. So how was I supposed to know the importance of it? As a matter of fact, unless we were talking about sex, I didn't really understand the whole concept of touching at all. Like, why are you touching me if we're not going to have sex? Holding hands? Why are we doing that? But that speaks to the unwiring that was necessary. Like, how does someone really know that they're loved or even liked if you don't touch them? You know, how do you express love if you don't touch someone? Like, you show love by cutting their grass or fixing things around their house. I know that they say that the stomach is the way to the heart, but shoot, yeah. I need to be touched in my stomach or someplace else. That just sounded weird. Yeah, I'm sorry. I But I guess cutting grass, cooking, or fixing something around the house, I guess those can be expressions of love. But you probably should express love differently than you do with your homeboys or your homegirls. If, if, 
your homeboys and homegirls are experiencing the same kind of love that your man or your woman is receiving, that might be a bit of a problem. For me, and, and for me, I don't remember when the unwiring and rewiring process started, but at some point in my dating life, I began to appreciate things like affection. And actually, as I continued to rewire my own way of thinking about love, I actually started to crave it. As a matter of fact, it's so weird. I'll actually end a relationship with a woman that isn't affectionate. I, I, I just can't, I just can't rock like that. Used to, used to be ideal, but nah, that's a big problem. But some people still just aren't naturally that. And I cannot be with them. And that is something I never I thought I'd never say. And also in learning to give people what they need, I learned that people crave affection as well. Even the tough guys out here that aren't affectionate, when their women touch them, they're not pushing them away like, women, why are you touching me? They might not show that they appreciate it or whatever, but they appreciate it. Yeah, I'll guarantee you this for those tough guys out there. And I don't mean to give away too much game from the cold book, but I tell you what, there's some woman out there that will make every man affectionate. <laughs> I guarantee you that. So if it's not you that's making that man affectionate, well, hey. I don't want to get in, I don't want to get in any I don't want to get any relationships in trouble so I'll just move on from that. But anyway, like I said earlier, I was a yeller. Now, that one really took some unwiring and rewiring because people will always take you to that place. Well, you will all you will allow people to take you to that place. People can't do anything to you that you don't allow them to. And I think that was the rewiring that I needed to realize that it's less about the other person and more about me, you know, but that's the environment that I grew up in. My mother yelled a lot. And as such, I yelled. Plus, am I rewiring? I learned that nobody listens to you when you're yelling, which should make you yell less if you know that the person isn't listening. But actually, it used to make me yell more. <laughs> it's so weird that affection and not yelling are so obvious to me now as compared to my younger self. But bringing it back to Jamie Lee Curtis, I applaud her for not letting her past destroy her future. It's kind of like that kid um, with the alcoholic parents that grows up to be an alcoholic. It is what it is. Life, man, I tell you what, it'll kill you, as my mother used to say. Hmm. What's sad, though, man, I tell you what, like I said earlier, there are so many people in this demographic of this podcast that still haven't rewired themselves yet. And at this point, you have to question if they ever will. What a shame. They'll always blame other people for their stuff. And as a result, they will never achieve what they hope to achieve, which is, in the case of this podcast, productive relationships, loving productive relationships. It's a shame. I'm rewired. So my loving productive relationship is right around the corner. Or it might be now. Anyway. Yo, check this out, because I don't have any divorces to speak about, but unfortunately, I do have to talk about somebody that died, and actually, I don't have to talk about them, 
but you know how this show goes. Um, a few weeks ago, I talked about Max Julian, who was the star of the movie The Mac. And I don't know why talking about The Mac always makes me laugh, but Max Julian died. And then I went on this whole like rant about black exploitation flicks and the history of them. And I don't understand why I celebrate them and blah, blah, blah. Considering anyway, I won't get back into that. Go back and listen. I don't remember what episode it was, but that is a reason for you to go back and listen to all of them. And while you're at it, tell 50 friends to tell 50 friends. Anyway, I just found out that Carol Speed, Carol Speed, who was Max Julian's co-star in the Mac just recently died last week. So shout out to her memory. I tell you what, people in the Mac who appeared in the Mac, they dropping like flies, which brings me to the point, my advice that I would give to actors and actresses that appeared in the Mac, uh, just a suggestion. You probably won't want to get your affairs in order because you know, these things come in threes, these deaths. And who's to say it's not you? Carol was 76. I'm imagining that pretty much everybody is around that age range. So yeah, yours could be coming. Better get right with God. As I guess we all should, because as people famously say, you could be be hit by a bus any moment. Or you can just be 70 in your 70s and 80s and death is going to get you anyway. But that's neither here nor there. I hate to end on a morbid tone, but I always do or often do. But find your person. Find your person. Shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis and Christopher Getz. That's her husband's name. Yeah. And so I am done. That was pretty short today. Um, but with that said, I cannot end this episode without inviting my homeboy, co-host of the show, Reginald. Come say goodbye to the people. Come on, Reggie. Come say goodbye to the people. Reggie shy. You know how he is, but you know, you know, it is what it is. All right. I'll talk to you all later. Um, it will not be two weeks before I um post another one. So keep checking back. Hit me up datingwelladulting.com, blah, blah, blah. You know the rule, 50 friends to tell 50 friends to tell 50 friends and all that good stuff. Until next time, thank you for joining me.